What's going on, Football MD fam? We are back with episode 39 of the Football MD podcast. Thank you all for joining us. The season is rapidly coming to an end, but we still have a lot of football to cover. And today, we're going to break down the four divisional round games coming up this weekend, give our picks and some keys to victory for each of the remaining playoff teams. And as always, for more news, interesting stats, and just a ton of football content, make sure you're heading over to footballmdpodcast.com and following us on our social media pages at footballmdpod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So let's get right into these games here, starting with the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, and for the Colts, getting the run game going will be everything here. Obviously, the Colts defense, they're playing very well, and if they can slow down Patrick Mahomes, that would be great, but really no team's been able to do that all season long, so that's not something that I'd want to rely on, but if they can run the ball the way that they did against the Texans, remember, the Texans were the third best run defense during the regular season. They allowed just 83 rushing yards per game, and Marlon Mack just went for 150 yards against them last week. Now they're facing a Chiefs defense that will have allowed an average of 132 rushing yards per game. So of course we can keep our fingers crossed that the defense is able to slow down the Chiefs, but that definitely won't happen if the Colts can't dominate with their run game and keep the ball out of the hands of Patrick Mahomes. I really couldn't agree more, Mike. Realistically, for the Chiefs to win this game, they need to just keep doing what they've been doing and for the uh, and for the Colts, a much more difficult task. They have to do what nobody's been able to do all season. You know, and that's really get off on the defensive side of the ball, create pressure. And, you know, it's not just about creating pressure with Patrick Mahomes because he's very good at extending the play, getting out of the pocket, and making some incredible plays. We've seen that many times this year. But it's not just getting the pressure to him, but you got to get to him. You got to put him on the ground. That's been the problem. People have caused pressures against the Chiefs, but they're unable to get Patrick Mahomes to the ground on a regular basis. And that's what they need to do. And on the other side of the ball for the Chiefs, they just got to keep doing, like I said, what they've been doing. They got to keep Patrick Mahomes clean. They got to allow him to, you know, maybe not always just stay in the pocket, but they got to allow him, give him enough time to get the ball out and make some big plays offensively to outscore the Colts. Now, with Andrew Luck being as hot as he is, that's not as easily done as some of the other opponents they face this season. But no doubt if it becomes an offensive shootout, I definitely got to give that I got to give the nod to the Chiefs in that situation. So Colts heavily relying on their defense to step up and win them this one, as they've done a couple of times this season. So it's not crazy to think about. It's just, are they able to do it against such a high uh, level of competition in the Kansas City Chiefs, who have just been so good this season? In Kansas City, let's not forget. 100% there's going to be a very tough challenge for the Indianapolis Colts, but I'm going to stick with my boys on this one. They're coming into the playoffs red hot over the last quarter of the season. We were talking earlier. They have one of the best point differentials in the NFL. That means their offense is putting up a ton of points and their defense isn't letting up much. And I think another big key to victory for the Colts here is going to be the success of their offensive line because you can say what you want about the Chiefs defense against the run and the pass, but they do have the seventh ranked pass rush in the NFL. And we all know about the Colts' offensive line this year. That's been arguably the best area of the field for them on the season. And in the six games where their line has been fully healthy, the team's 5-1. and one, They scored an average of 33.5 points per game, and they've allowed zero sacks. So I think the Colts just match up with the Chiefs very well here. And I'm pulling for Indy to take this one home. And I'll be pulling right alongside you. I do really hope to see the Colts continue this amazing run. I just don't see it happening. I do think the Chiefs win. You got me excited for a second. I thought you were going to be like, I'm taking the Colts too. <laughs> I do the I do see the Chiefs winning at home, but let's just 
give credit where credit is due. You can't even look at that 11-6 record as indicative of who the Colts are that the Chiefs will be facing this weekend. That 1-5 start, you had Andrew Luck coming back after a two-year absence. You had a brand-new head coach in Frank Reich. And you had an offensive line that was still under under construction. And now that they figured it, now that they seem to have figured it all out, they are a completely different squad. And you can't really compare them to their one and five start. If they had the momentum that they had now in the beginning of the season, if they you know if they didn't have such a rough rocky start, even you know a little bit better than one and five, you could be looking at you know a 12, 13 win win team, and you could be looking at a team that was. First in the division, maybe even a top top two seed in the conference. So the Colts, I give them a ton of credit for you know riding this ship and performing as a team that's way better than even their eleven and six record indicates. But the Chiefs have just been lights out. They outscore the next highest offense by fifty points, and and I am well aware of their defensive struggles. In fact, according to Pro Football Focus, the only above average area where they rank in terms of defense is that pass rush that you're talking about with an elite 90 grade but everything everything else is way below any playoff any other playoff caliber team they just don't play very well defense and what bothers me is they're very low tackling you know these are basics they ha- they grade out at a 59.3 that's below average for tackling and and if you can't do the basics, you're going to struggle in the playoffs. That being that being said, they've had these struggles all season long, and yet they still boast one of the top records in the NFL. This season, they were still the highest point scoring team, and week in and week out, they were, by the eye test, probably the best team on the field almost every weekend, led by Patrick Mahomes. You know, if they weren't at home, I would give the Colts a shot. And honestly, part of me at this point, I just keep picking against the Colts, and they keep winning. And I really would like to see them winning. So I'm going to keep it going. And even if I'm wrong, I'll take that as a win there because I would like to see the Colts win. But I just, at home, I'm going to give it to the Chiefs. You know, I do think the Colts had a great season, and they, they're a great team. But, Not man, that, 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 that offense for, you know, the Chiefs, it really is. And like, and like Patrick Mahomes said, you know, he understands the years past, the struggles that they have had in the playoffs. But... It's a new generation, it's a new team, and although Andy Reid is still there, maybe Patrick Mahomes has a little something to say about that one-and-done rule that the Kansas City Chiefs seem to be boasting. I mean, 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns will do that for sure. (laughs) No doubt. And now we'll jump right into our next game, our Saturday night primetime game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Los Angeles Rams. I went in very confident last week that the Cowboys at home would pull out a victory, and they they were able to do so. But now they're facing a completely different team in the Rams, a way more well-rounded team. You know, I said that the Seattle Seahawks, although they have an elite quarterback, it's not what they do. They don't rely on Russell Wilson in that way. They run the ball, and they play defense. And I thought that that was a good matchup for the Dallas Cowboys. The style of play of the Rams does not play too well into the favor of the Dallas Cowboys and here's why realistically there's no one particular side of the ball or position that I can really say that the Dallas Cowboys have a definitive edge against the Rams the Rams have a more high-powered offense they have a better offensive line their run games are similar they both are anchored by good offensive lines and top tier elite talent at the running back position you can take your pick whether it's Gurley or Zeke who you think is better 
I'm not even going to debate that because if one's two, the other one's three. If the one's three, the other one's four. You know, it's uh, depending on how you rank your running backs. They are both top five running backs in the NFL, so elite talent. At the quarterback position, yes, Goff is a better passer, but look at Dak Prescott, what he did when he needed to step up when they needed him last week. He was able to do so. I am not giving a definitive edge at that position to either team. On the defensive side of the ball, I do think the edge goes to defensive backs for the Rams with Aqib Tlaib and Peters. Although, don't sleep on Byron Jones for the Dallas Cowboys, who's been great. At the linebacker position, the edge would go to Dallas. They have probably the very three best remaining linebackers in the playoffs. They have all three of them on the team. Jalen Smith, Lane Van Der Esch, and Sean Lee, who doesn't even start anymore. But don't sleep on the fact that he's one of the top-graded linebackers as per pro football focus this season in his limited play. And then the defensive front, obviously, I mean, how can you not give it to the Rams with Aaron Donald? Although you have Demarcus Lawrence on the Cowboys side of the ball and you get a ton of production from the Dallas Cowboys defensive line, it's you can't you can't not give that to Aaron Donald. And then the offense, although I don't think one is definitely better than the other, I just think the ability, the style in which LA can score quick, fast, and not take time off the clock is going to cause a problem for Dallas. I do think that's a bad matchup. I think Dallas struggles in this one. I think this one's a much tougher game, especially on the road. Yeah, and you spoke a little bit about Aaron Donald and the Cowboys offensive line, and I think that's really going to be a key matchup for the Cowboys if they do want to have success in this game. The Rams pass rush ranks 15th in the NFL with 41 sacks this season, but that number's a little skewed because 20 and a half, literally half of those sacks came from Aaron Donald. He's just been lights out this year and, I mean, really every year for that matter, but that's definitely not ideal for Dak Prescott when your offensive line has allowed you to be sacked 56 times. That's the second most in the NFL, so I don't know if you can actually stop Aaron Donald, but at least slowing him down is a must here for the Cowboys offensive line. The Cowboys are not going to have a chance of winning this game if Prescott is getting sacked left and right. And don't forget that 56 sacks would have been enough last year to be the very worst in the NFL. It's just simply it's just simply the Texans offensive yeah, line is so bad. So it was so bad. <laughs> yeah, and I think one of the best ways, obviously I think it's going to be a bit of a tall task to ask their offensive line to shut down Aaron Donald all game. It's just not going to happen. I think one thing that the Cowboys can do to give their offensive line some help is get Ezekiel Elliott going. The Rams have the 23rd ranked run defense. That'll also open up more in the passing game, more options for Dak Prescott to attack that defense, and it'll keep Aaron Donald away from him, which has really just been the theme of what I've been saying here. That's the key for the Cowboys in this game. I'm going to go with L.A. in this game. I'm taking the Rams as well. Yeah. Just because, you know, like we said, you know, with the Chiefs, I can see your pick with the Colts because the Colts are definitively better on defense than the Chiefs, and we know defense wins championships. But there's no one position that Dallas is really, you know, definitively better than the L.A. Rams. Yes, I know the Cowboys are coming into this game pretty hot off a couple of really good wins, and... The Rams are kind of screeching into the playoffs. It seems like they slowed down as of late. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. It wouldn't be surprising to me at all if the Cowboys did come away with this one. I just think that when you give a coach like Sean McVay a bye week, he can write everything that was going wrong for the team, and they can come out hot and get their team back on track again. But now we'll hop right over to our first game on Sunday, the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the New England Patriots. And this is a huge game for Phillip Rivers, aside from it being obviously the, the divisional round of the playoffs. Rivers has never been able to win a game against Tom Brady. Now, this game is in Foxborough, which is far 
from an ideal place to play in January, but the Chargers are 8-1 on the road this season despite some tough matchups. They've traveled to Seattle, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Denver, Baltimore, and even London, which was technically a home game, but they've been very successful on the road this season. And I know this is a pretty reoccurring theme here, but the Chargers will have to apply pressure on Tom Brady and run the ball well if they want to win this game. Putting Brady under pressure is historically the formula for stopping the Patriots in the postseason, and we know the Chargers have the pass rush to do just that with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. They don't need to get a ton of sacks, but getting pressure and limiting TB's time to make decisions and read the defense will be crucial. You said earlier getting pressure on Patrick Mahomes is just half the battle because he can get outside the pocket, make plays with his legs. He has those crazy circus throws that he makes that seem impossible. Tom Brady's not doing that. So if you can put pressure on him, you'll really limit his ability to pick apart your defense. And on top of that, you have Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. Both of those guys are seemingly healthy going into this game and should play huge roles against the Patriots' 29th ranked run defense. Yeah, and as you mentioned, you know, Foxborough is a scary place in January. It's not just Phillip Rivers who struggles against Tom Brady. It's every team in the NFL. I can't remember the last time Patriots lost in January in Foxborough. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. It's going to be tough. You might even get some snow. It's going to be really tough for, you know, Southern California type of guys who I got to get 80 degrees all year round. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's definitely going to be a change of pace for the Chargers, no doubt. Besides the location, the head coach and the quarterback are the only other two positions that we would give the nod or the advantage to the New England Patriots. You know, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady definitely going to give you the advantage over Anthony Lynn and... Philip Rivers, but Philip Rivers is no slouch, and you know he might not be as good as Tom Brady, but he is a very, very good quarterback, top-tier quarterback in my opinion, and he is going to play with a ton more talent around him, a better offensive line, better wide receivers, better running backs on the defense side of the ball, just way better in my opinion. The playmakers on the defense side of the ball from Derwin James and and Desmond King in the defensive backs and. You know, like you mentioned, Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, they just they have a ton of players over there on the defense side of the ball, a ton of talent. They're just deep on both sides of the ball. You really like I said, they're the most well-rounded team. I did take I they are my Super Bowl pick, so obviously I have to go with them sealing the win even in Foxborough. I usually go with the home team in the playoffs, but I got to go with the Chargers here. I think overall they're the better team and I have to believe that the better team is going to win. That's just in my opinion, and it's just like, you know, yes, Tom Brady is the GOAT, but he can't do it by himself every year, and, you know, the Chargers, I just think, are going to have too much talent for them to handle. And let's be honest, I don't want to just pile up on the Patriots here. We know Tom Brady is great, but he's really in no situation right now to get into a shootout with a team like the LA Chargers, especially with Derwin James, Casey Hayward on the other side of the ball. He doesn't have that field-stretching Josh Gordon option in the offense right now. It'll be interesting to see what Gronk's status is for this game. He's been dealing with some injuries. Hopefully he was able to get healthy during the bye week. He could be a huge mismatch and really make a big difference in a close game. But I think the Patriots are going to have to use Sony Michelle a ton in this matchup, try and get the run game going, and then exploit the Chargers defense where they see fit. Well, no doubt, I definitely see the Patriots obviously coming in prepared and ready and with a solid game plan. That is the benefit of having Bill Belichick. That's, you know, the main advantage. You know, we talked about Foxborough. We talked about Tom Brady. But, you know, the probably the biggest advantage of all is obviously Bill Belichick, the best coach to ever do it. And he'll have his guys ready. So that doesn't concern me too much. I know that they'll have a good game plan, whatever it is. And it might not be what you think it is, right? That's the beautiful thing about Bill Belichick. I find that he sees the game in such a unique way. It's not just he like he's 
always right, but it's just a unique way that he always finds like the real the real aspect of the game that's gonna mean the most and he finds it and he's read and he's willing to impact that part of the game that's what his game plan is so they'll be prepared and they'll have a good game plan ready to get them the victory i just think the talent on the chargers will be too much for them to handle not that there's not talent on the patriots side of the ball but like uh, like we discussed just across the board the Chargers are a lot more deep and a lot more talented. So Yeah, and they're getting another talented option back this week, Hunter Henry. It'll be interesting to see how healthy he is and how he's implemented into the game plan. But, you know, I love Antonio Gates, Hall of Famer, but he's just, he can't run right now. Yeah. So another a set of fresh legs on the field and a young, talented tight end could be a big factor in this game as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We were both very high on him coming into the season. It yep. was unfortunate to see, you know, what happened in the preseason. It was early in the preseason, but... I'm excited to see how he impacts Mike Williams. I know Mike Williams has really been like the touchdown guy. I think he had less than 40 receptions this year, but he had 10 touchdowns. So it'll be interesting to see if Hunter Henry cuts into that, gets some work in the red zone, and just another big-bodied guy could make I, a big difference for this team. I definitely think that's exactly what, what he's there for, right? Like, you know, Philip Rivers forever had that camaraderie with Antonio Gates. I feel like he likes the tight end position, especially inside the red zone. Like we talked about, Antonio Gates is still there, but he's not what he once was. So, you know, bringing in a guy who might be athletically a little bit better than Antonio Gates ever was. You know, Antonio Gates was always a little heavy and a a little like, you know, don't get me wrong. He could box you out and he can make plays, you know, like we said, Hall of Famer. But Hunter Henry is a very athletic, you know, versatile, mobile, you know, type of tight end who can really like get out into space, make plays with the ball in his hands. So... Him being back, I think, will be huge for them. Huge. Yeah, that'll 100% be something exciting to watch this weekend. And now we'll wrap up with our final game of the weekend. The Eagles travel to New Orleans to take on the Saints. And I want to start off by saying I definitely took the Bears last week, and I was very impressed with the Eagles able to win one by the skin of their teeth. We all know about the missed field goal. At first, everyone thought it was missed. It was a blocked field goal. Good play by the Eagles. But at the same time, you know, not to take anything away from them, because winning close games in the NFL is a positive. Winning ugly games, games that you really came out, you didn't play well, and you still found a way to get the win, that's a positive thing in the NFL. That's something that should be commended. But you're talking about the Chicago Bears, who I thought would be no match in this round for the New Orleans Saints, and the Eagles got by on the skin of the, by the skin of their teeth. I don't really think they're going to be able to pull it off again. So I'm going to stay against them this week. And, you know, if they prove me wrong, uh, you know, a lot of credit to them. They're playing red hot. They're, you know, winning ugly games, like I said, is, is, is a good thing. It's not it's not a bad thing to do. But I just think that the talent will be too much. Just like I said about the Cowboys against the Rams, there's no one position that I can give the advantage to the Eagles. You know, Drew Brees, the running backs there, the Michael Thomas, the wide receiver. You know, I mean, besides Zach Ertz at the tight end position, there's really no one position that I can give the definitive advantage for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I just think that's going to be too much. And not to mention, you know, Sean Payton, we talked about with it with Bill Belichick. Sean Payton is one of the better coaches to ever do it, and he's one of the best minds in football right now. So that's that's another advantage. And, I, and I'm not trying to take anything away from, from Peterson. I do think he's a good coach, but n- no doubt advantage Sean Payton and, and the Saints on that one too. So 
just like, you know, and now I feel like I'm repeating myself from the other teams, but it really is. Just the talent, I find, is going to be too much, and I think with the good head coach, they'll be prepared. They'll be ready. We saw the motivation that Sean Payton brought to the table. If you didn't see it, he walked into the locker room this week, dropped $250,000, the amount of the player, each player's Super Bowl bonus if they win. He dropped $250,000 cash and a Lombardi trophy in the locker room and told his players, Three effing games, three effing games, that's all you got to win, and this is all yours. And obviously that's very motivating to see. That's, you know, a very big boost for the players. Get, get them amped, get them ready. They're going to be at home. They're the better team, and I don't see them blowing that game like the Chicago Bears blew, you know, at home. I, I, I say blow because... When you're at home in the playoffs, I think you got to win. I really do. You know, I didn't say it about the Ravens, but I think they blew that game last week. I, I don't care that the Chargers are the better team. When you're home in the playoffs, that's that should be a W. But you know, no, I definitely agree. And like you said, a ton of credit to the Philadelphia Eagles. Their defense has especially been coming on very well as of late. They've actually allowed just an average of 19 points over their last seven games. So that's awesome. And a lot of that can be attributed to lesser known guys like Trey Sullivan, Craven LeBlanc, and Rasheel Douglas really just stepping up when it matters. But like you said, I just don't see it being enough here. You have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees coming off of a bye, playing at home with a top 10 rushing attack, one of the best wide receivers in the game against an Eagles offense that's been pretty one-dimensional all season long. So I just don't see the Eagles coming away with this one. But if they are going to win this one, Two things that they're really going to have to be able to do is, one, sustain drives. Converting on third downs has been a huge problem for the Eagles all season, but over the final three weeks of the regular season with Nick Foles as the starter, the Eagles were fourth in the NFL in converting third down attempts. So that'll be huge if they can sustain drives, keep the balls out of the hands of Drew Brees. That would be a massive impact on this game. And slowing down the Saints' run game. Now, of course, it's easier said than done, but Philadelphia does have one of the top run defenses in the NFL, and they just held a Bears team that averaged 121 rushing yards per game this season to just 65 total rushing yards last week. Now, again, the only problem with that is Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard from last week are not Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram this week. That's going to be a much taller task, a much more difficult running back duo to stop and forcing Bears quarterback Mitch Trubisky to beat you with his arm is also a lot different than asking future Hall of Famer Drew Brees to beat you with his arm so they can stop the run game if they do that'll be great but I really don't it's kind of pick your poison here with the New Orleans Saints yeah no I really couldn't agree more and, and like you said we talked about it before we started the scheme the game plan it's like like you said pick your poison there's almost nothing that you can do to you know, we saw last week the Philadelphia Eagles come in with a solid game plan and execute to perfection. Stop a run-heavy team with a run-heavy quarterback, not even somebody who throws the ball, is known very well for throwing the football, and force them to beat you through the air. The Chicago Bears still almost got it done, but the Philadelphia Eagles pulled it out by the skin of their teeth. Now, asking Drew Brees, like you said, to do the very same, that, that game plan is not going to work. So now you got to go back to the drawing board. You have to find a completely different game plan. you got to be prepared. I'm sure Peterson has something up his sleeves, no doubt. You know, Philly special. He's going to have something ready. <laughs> but, you know, when you come down to, you know, brass tacks, when you break it down, you know, are you going to be able to score as quickly as the New Orleans Saints? No. Are you going to be able to grind the clock as well as the New Orleans Saints with that run game? No. Are you going to be able to play better defense than them? No. Are you going to be home field advantage, fan on your sides? No. Do you have the better head coach? No. Like, there's literally nothing. Zach Ertz is the only position that I will give them the advantage on. So, like, you know, 
at so this I point, take it you're going with the Saints here. Yeah, absolutely. And it pains me to do it. Pains me to do it because there will always be the 0-16 Aints. I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan. I hate the Saints. They're terrible. They're the worst team in the NFL. I don't care how good they are. They're <laughs> the worst team in the NFL. I don't care how good they are. Oh, man. But, yes, I'm also going to have to go with the New Orleans Saints in this one. And that is all that we have for you guys this week. So let's just recap our picks real quick. For the Colts, Chiefs, you took? I took the Chiefs. And then for the Cowboys, Rams, we both went with the Rams. Chargers, Patriots, we both took the Chargers. And Eagles, Saints, we both went with the Saints. So those are the teams that we have moving along to their conference championships. And that is all that we have for you guys today. Thank you all for tuning in. Playoff football is one of the best times of the year. But, of course, it's always sad to know that the season is coming to an end. But don't forget, the Football MD Podcast has no offseason. We're going to keep on bringing you content via the podcast at footballmdpodcast.com and our social media pages at footballmdpod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So make sure that you're sticking with us. I know that we're both looking forward to covering free agency, the drafts, Dan has his college player profiles that he'll be releasing to you guys soon. So we have a ton of stuff in the works, and we can't wait to get it out to you. That's it for today's episode. Enjoy the games this weekend. Until next time, guys.